Hey guys, this is Trent Vanenhut with the More to the Game podcast, hosted by Three. Today, my guest is Alec Ingold. He's a Green Bay native who went on to play college football for the Wisconsin Badgers and is currently the fullback for the Oakland Raiders. I'm super excited to have you hear his story because he faces a lot of adversity in his journey to the NFL, and he breaks it down perfectly so you can understand how he got through that time. So before we get started, I'm going to need you to go follow our social media pages at 3EAthlete. That's the number 3EAthlete on all social media pages. So without further ado, here's my guest, Alec Ingold. Hi, guys. Today, my guest for the More to the Game podcast is Alec Ingold. Uh, thanks so much for being here, Alec. It's really an honor to have you on the, on the podcast today. And uh, so thanks for being here, man. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk a little bit about ball. Mm-hmm. So Alec, if you don't know, he has a little bit of more of an interesting story. Um, so the first thing, though, is Alec actually one state for wrestling too. He's a Green Bay native as well. And uh, he played college football at Wisconsin. Uh, but so first off, first thing I want to ask you is at a young age, where was your focus at? And what made you separate from the rest of the pack that was the same age as you and the kids playing uh, football and wrestling? How, how did you differentiate yourself? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing was uh, definitely having a mindset towards um, just just having as much fun as possible and um, really just just being in the moment. I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of kids were definitely worried about um, either past performance or, you know, what what was going to happen later. Um, Mm -hmm. Just being able to focus kind of in that moment and, you know, what what was at hand that sport that day, that game, um, being Mm -hmm. able to just be with your guys and, you know, definitely had a a lot of friends on the team that really helped um, build a lot of friendships and helped us focus and, you know, win a lot of games early on. And so was your time usually split or was it just in that season that's what I'm focused on or were you training for everything throughout that whole process? I definitely focus uh, at w- one sport at a time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like you kind of be cheating um, the certain – one team that you're on if you're you're worried about something else down the road so Mm -hmm. uh, definitely tried to split it up as much as possible and just you know I think competing in general is you know the best the best cure to all that is just being being able to um, play whatever game you're in and um, really just focus on winning that game at that time Um, Mm -hmm. and not really trying to focus on um, you know what you might want to focus on down the line or um, specifying one sport or anything like that Um, just being able to to play that game at that time is definitely huge. Mm-hmm. And so originally you had signed to play quarterback at NIU, but decided to go to Madison as an undecided athlete. Um, what, what was the time in your life kind of like? Because I mean, had to be stressful bouncing around. Because I mean, I was in Green Bay, just being a fan of you and rooting for you. And it was stressful on me to even listen to it all. I'm like, Gosh, I can't imagine what, what Alex is going through right now. So can you talk about that time? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely uh, one of the most stressful times of my life. Just um, there's so much unknown. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many um, so many people making decisions that was really out of my control. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing really I could do about um, who was offering me or when, at what position. Mm-hmm. Um, all I could do is, you know, focus on uh, playing Bayport football and 
that's mm-hmm. what I tried to do for the most part. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, when I got that uh, Wisconsin offer, uh, it was really um, – it was either, okay, chase your dream of, of being a quarterback or see, um, you know, kind of jump into the deep end and see how good of an athlete you really are and see if you can work hard enough to really make it. So uh, after talking with my family, uh, we definitely decided that, you know, I, I feel like I would have had a little bit of regret going forward if I didn't just totally jump in and uh, see mm-hmm. if I, I could really make it. And I knew it was definitely the path, to, the path of most resistance. Mm-hmm. being like the lowest ranked recruit offered that year. But, um, you know, I was willing to, to sacrifice and put in the work to, to make it work. Mm-hmm. So when you first got to Madison, then you already said your odds are against you and you jump into Madison, everyone's already got their positions. They're trying to figure out where to put you, put, filling you in when guys are getting hurt. What, kind of, what was that time like? And what was going through your head how, how stressful that had to be? Um, it was definitely stressful. I mean, um, I just wanted to show how willing I was to get on the mm-hmm. field and play and just play football. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, just to play the game wherever they needed me. So uh, early on, there was a lot of opportunity at linebacker. So that's where mm-hmm. they put me. Um, and, and I tried to make the most of it and never played defense before in my life. But I think just showing them that, you know, I was willing to do whatever it took and be a team player that gave me opportunities down the road to switch to running back, to switch to fullback. Um, you know, they, they trusted me to really uh, put me in the best situation as possible to succeed because they knew um, I was going to be a trust, trustworthy guy and someone that was going to work hard and do the right things to, you know, make the team work. Mm-hmm. And is that just kind of how you, you go through your life? Like just trust in the process. You're going to, you're going to work your hardest at it, but also, did it help that you did play quarterback and you did care about every other position and you knew how those people should be moving around and move for the offense? Yeah, I mean, I think generally when you th- you think about um, a sport or uh, playing a game, it's um, you you can really take a step back and be like, okay, where's where's the best opportunity? And most of the time, if you trust your coaches and you trust the people that are you know the decision makers. Um, it'll pay off for you in the back end. So um, being able to trust those people and know that they were going to put me in the best spot, um, the spot that I needed to be at was definitely um, w- was beneficial in the long run. So then in those internal bat- uh, battles though that you were facing every day, well, you're trying to figure out where's your role. What, what were you telling yourself and how did you get through each day? Um, I definitely think um, moving through that was there was a lot of adversity because every day was a new day. Uh, every day showed a completely different opportunity. Pretty much, um, there was so much change going on that uh, you, you had to be ready for any curveball that was thrown at you, and um, it definitely took a lot out of me. Just um, you know, mentally there was no consistency uh, on a daily basis. There was no schedule to follow, so. Um, I really had to lean on the support system. Uh, I had to talk to, you know, parents, family members, friends, really had to have a, a good support system that understood kind of what I was going through. Cause mm-hmm. uh, if I had to do that on my own, there was no chance that mentally I would have been able to handle it. Yeah. yeah. So going, going through that year then, like we're, you were jumping around from different positions throughout the full year, right? Yeah, so I, I started all fall camp at uh, linebacker, was scout mm-hmm. team, um, just like playing as a linebacker mm-hmm. for other teams for the offense. Mm-hmm. 
and then they switched me to fullback for like a week. And then the next week they switched me to running back and I played that week against wide. So mm -hmm. it was, um, you know, at once, once I got to the running back spot, then I, I played the rest of the year that way. But yeah, mm -hmm. there was three position changes, you know, really fast. And, um, you know, you could take that as, you know, a stressful situation or you could think of it in a positive light and that you're going to get new opportunities and you can make the most of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what happened that freshman year was just taking opportunities for what they were and trying to just roll with the punches and, and make the most of it. Yeah. And I mean, you had gone from being the guy to now not getting the playing time that you were expecting. Was it more, was it hurting you more in the fact that I wasn't playing as much as I wanted or I don't know what position I'm at. I can't get some sort of schedule going. Um, bring me, bring me through that time then as well. Yeah, so I mean, after after that freshman year, uh, and I moved to fullback, then um, you know I'm I'm basically a backup now for for two years in a row. Um, so I, I led the team in rushing touchdowns as a true freshman, and then you kind of take a step back into this uh, into a backup role is is really tough. Um, I think I definitely went through a lot of mental um, difficulties, and I was pointing fingers other places, and really I just wasn't as focused as I needed to be. Um, mm -hmm. to be honest, you know, I feel like I almost, I almost, uh, did better when I was in a, a mind space of, okay, let's just play football. Let's have fun and let's mm -hmm. take these opportunities. But then when I had to find a routine and find a, a situation that was good for me to be consistent and play well, um, I really struggled with that transition. So, um, you know, I definitely wasn't the same guy those two years um mm -hmm. but at the same time I had to I had to do a lot of soul searching I had to um you know understand what it what it was really going to take all the sacrifice that uh I needed to to make to be able to you know be where I want to be mm -hmm. and so with that internal battle that you were going through what are, what are some things that you I know you said you had your support system and stuff like that but what what did you do just internally to make yourself feel better and to come to that realization to know, know where, what you need to do next to get to where you want to be? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was I was letting my performance uh, dictate, um, you know, I was letting that my performance define me as a person. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. letting, you know, whether I had a good practice or a bad practice, that would determine my mood for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was completely based upon how well I was doing in football and that took over my entire life. Um, and it, it, it takes you down a deep rabbit hole of, okay, I'm, I'm doing great. Okay. Now I, I'm an awesome, you know, awesome shape doing awesome. And then all of a sudden you have a bad day and you're down in the dumps, you're upset, you're not smiling. Um, mm -hmm. So I really let my performance dictate my emotions um, outside of football and really took over my life. So once I was able to understand that and, you know, take that piece away from it and just, um, understand that I'm going to be who I am regardless of how I play on a football field. I think that's what really changed for me. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to understand that, okay, I can be a good person. I can have fun. I can be a, a good guy. And I can, you know, try and play well on football and, and you know, hopefully have mm -hmm. success and, and perform. But that mm -hmm. would dictate who I am as a, as a person. That's mm -hmm. when uh, things started clicking again and I got back in my groove. That's really cool. I, I like how you put that. That was really well stated. And I think 
that's very important. A lot of a lot of kids get so upset over how did I do that day and exactly the way you were feeling. And I think that's super important to to just worry about being a good person first off. And through that time, then too, what were what were the coaches saying to you? Like, did they know you were frustrated as well, or did you just keep that internally? Um, I, I had really good coaches at Wisconsin who, um, you know, definitely, definitely knew I was going through some stuff and, and they tried to multiple times trying to bring me back. And um, the toughest part was I was so stubborn and in my ways that I wasn't taking the coaching. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like I could handle it all. I could be, you know, I could play well. They were saying wrong things. They were wrong. And, um, you know, looking back on that, that's the biggest, you know, waste of time that I think I had in my career was just not taking the coaching. And, you know, the more that I trusted the coaches, the more that, you know, I, the people I look up to, um, you know, just fully trusting them and understanding that they're trying to get the best out of me and it can be a beneficial relationship. That's, that's when I was playing my best football. Um, when, when I was trying to do it on my own and do my own thing and hold all these grudges and hold all this, this tension inside of me, that's when you know, I wasn't being a good player. I wasn't being myself. Mm -hmm. And so was that like because of the culture that you, from the rest of the team, were they kind of telling you, hey, you need to, you need to just trust somewhere? How did, how did you build that trust with the coaches? Uh, I think it's definitely something that um, is controllable by yourself. Um, mm -hmm. It, having teammates that are, are going through the same things and being able to vent to them and, you know, kind of build a, a common ground off of, you know, all the hard work you're putting in definitely helps. Um, mm -hmm. The culture of what, what you're talking about with your teammates, how you're talking um, mm -hmm. is huge. But at the same time, um, I think that um, it, it is something that you can control. Uh, your attitude is something that you can't let anyone else, any other situation dictates. When did that big change happen in you? Was that in your junior year then? Yeah, it was my junior year. Um, I, I, you know, reached out to some people and um, started to really understand, okay, I'm not playing at all, you know, what's happening. And um, it, it, was, it, it was rock bottom for a football standpoint for me. And uh, someone asked me, you know, are you ready to play? <laughs> you know, like, if, if we put you in, are you ready to play? Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, honestly, I said no. Like, I'm not, mentally, I'm not ready to handle playing because I'm, I was just everywhere. And uh, one, once I had that kind of tough love moment, um, you know, I got my act together, started practicing more consistently. Um, I started to kind of be myself, build that confidence. Um, and then, you know, later in that season, I was in for two weeks. I, you know, I started for two weeks and scored four touchdowns and kind of proved to myself that I'm still, you know, I'm still a good football player. It's just the opportunity wasn't currently there. So mm -hmm. um, that gave me a lot of confidence moving forward that, you know, I can turn this thing around and um, I'm still, you know, I'm who I thought I was this whole time. It's just, it's just uh, a matter of time before I can display it, you know, on the football field. Mm -hmm. So then going into that senior year after you had that big moment, and how did your training change then? And what was your focus at for that senior year? Yeah, my, my, the summer before my senior year, I kind of, it was definitely a deadline for me. Like, um, I definitely had to look in the mirror and say, okay, what are my goals? I had to write all of them down. I had to change my entire act, uh, change my nutrition, my sleeping habits. I literally just, you know, wrote everything down that I was going to do. Uh, and then I stuck to it. 
um, being able to write that down and kind of see it every day was huge. Um, and then moving forward, that's, you know, every day that that's who I became those habits mm-hmm. that I built up over time. You know, I was able to rely on that. And, um, week after week, I kept playing well and, um, momentum started to build for me. And I went from, you know, a guy that no one really knew or talked about to, um, being able to go to the combine and play in the senior bowl and, um, you know, obviously make the NFL. Yeah. And I know it's probably a big favorite of people to talk about, but I like to say that the fullback position is dying out. And I saw you uh, in an interview say how, you know, it's funny about people saying that, but in the, in the uh, offenses that really need a fullback, how important they are. Can you just talk about what was it like being the only fullback that was in, invited to the senior bowl and uh, invited to the combine as well? Like, what did that mean to you? Uh, definitely it was something to just kind of prove to myself that, um, you know, all those little goals that I'd written down in that summer had, had really paid off and just sticking to a plan and um, being able to follow through and execute, um, you know, that, that, that helped me achieve goals that, you know, a lot of people thought weren't, you know, realistic for me. Mm-hmm. So um, it was kind of the first time in my life where it was like, okay, um, people are noticing, um, you know, where I'm supposed to be, where I've thought I should be this whole time. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely felt like there was a lot of confidence moving forward that, you know, I had done the right things and I was who I was able to, you know, become, you know, a professional at you know, doing the little things right and being mm-hmm. accountable and, um, you know, moving forward, just, you know, uh, playing good football and eventually, you know, being nationally recognized for it. Mm-hmm. So so what were some of those goals that you were writing down? Were they more achievement goals or were they uh, like daily type of goals with your habits and things like that? I wrote down, um, you know, five short-term goals that I was going to try and accomplish every day um, mm-hmm. with my attitude and, you know, how I was going to work and so on and so forth. And then, you know, I had kind of midterm goals of, you know, in the foreseeable future where, where I want to, you know, where I want to be, how I want to, you know, how many um, – statistically where I wanted to be at, um, you know, and as a team, as a teammate, you know, being a captain was a huge goal of mine, kind of that midterm goal. And then the long-term goal was, you know, combine, senior bowl, NFL. Those were the three kind of long-term goals. So being able to take those, those short-term goals every day, look at them, understand that's what I need to do to kind of accomplish the other goals that the long-term goals that I'd set. Um, you know, I definitely need all three of those to, to fall into place. Yeah. And have you always wrote goals like that or was that something new for you? That was the first time I'd ever done it. You know, I'd, I'd heard people tell me to do it multiple times, never really listened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're kind of st- you know, stubborn and setting your ways like that. But um, yeah, I was able to, um, you know, look at that and uh, it, it truly, truly pays off. And I, I wish, you know, anyone that could listen to this is write down 10 goals, you know, right now, because it's, mm-hmm. it's huge for, development and understanding where you want to be in the future. Um, it, writing it down and seeing it, it, it changes, you know, a lot than just thinking of it. Mm-hmm. And with those goals, like how important is it to actually have the daily goals that you want to achieve every day and then have those long-term goals? Because I mean, some people, when they get to writing goals, it's, all right, I'm going to write my long-term goals right away. That's what I need to go at. But they don't make those daily goals. How important was it? that you accomplish those daily ones every day that 
make things fall in place. I mean, that's what, that's what changes your dreams and the goals for sure. Um, you know, you can, you can write down whatever you want, but if you don't have the daily actions to follow it up, then it's, it's really, you know, you, there's such a big disconnect that it won't, it won't come true. Um, being able to, to write down, you know, habits that you want to form and emotions that you need to feel and, um, you know, communication and connections you need to get with your teammates. Like those little things add up so much down the road that, um, it really changes, you know, who you become as a teammate and, you know, who you become as a player. And did, I mean, I know you got named captain that senior year. Did, were your teammates expressing that they could see the change happening in you or was it just enough that the coach, were the coaches saying it too or did, was it just a, the energy people could feel it coming out of you? I mean, I think the biggest thing to kind of display that is I, w I wasn't voted a team captain at the beginning of the year, but um, before the Northwestern game, I was added as a team captain. So um, being able to show that, you know, it was it was a process of being more confident and trusting myself and giving into my teammates more and, um, you know, trusting everyone and trusting the game plan. Um, it, it paid off over a long, uh, over a period of time. You know, it didn't happen overnight, but mm -hmm. people noticed it. And then, you know, eventually uh, you get, you know, recognized or rewarded for that in different ways. And that was kind of the first, the first step of, okay, you know, this is, this is happening. This is changing. Um, you know, my lifestyle was definitely um, altered for the, for the better. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing what those five goals were for, the, for your daily goals? Um, yeah, I think, you know, the first one was definitely to be a good person. That's the mm -hmm. biggest goal. Um, if you can't be a good person, then, you know, there's really no point to anything you're doing um, mm -hmm. if you can't help others and, and just be a good person. So that was number one. And then number two was control what's, you know, what I'm putting in my body, uh, focusing on nutrition. I had never really done that before. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, eating well and eating the right stuff was, was huge. Uh, three was communicating to my teammates, um, letting them know how I feel how you know the goals that we wanted to accomplish um, moving forward just being more vocal with my teammates and um, just talking more reaching out to people more uh, number four was trust your coaches uh, you got to trust the people that are you know making decisions and you know create that connection and, and maintain it and know that you want to get better um, which was number five you, you have to want to get better mm -hmm. um, yeah, all of those things are great the first four are awesome but if you don't want to get better and you don't want to do the little things, then, um, you know, it's really a waste of time. So just mm -hmm. all of those kind of combined really, um, it, it sounds simple, but when you write it down and you're able to, you know, execute on a daily basis, it really changes your life. And so did that, did that change? Was it an easy change or was it hard at first? Like how long did it take you to actually achieve those goals every day and to have them on your mind constantly? I mean, I think it was really easy um, early on. You know, when when everything's going great, it's really easy. Um, when it's tough is when you're you're in week five and six and seven, and and you're you're hardly out of fall camp, and you know days are long, and you don't feel like it that day, but you still look at it and you're like, all right, I got to do it. You know, it's mm -hmm. these goals won't happen by themselves. So um, there's definitely dog days of you know. It, you have to lean on other people to be able to, you know, keep you accountable. Um, mm -hmm. So it's huge to talk to your teammates and talk to your family and talk to your friends and let them know, 
<laughs> you feel you feel like crap that day, but at least they know, uh, yeah. and at least you can uh, keep yourself accountable in that way. And you know, mm-hmm. they might have days where they're feeling like crap, and you're feeling great. So you got to help them, and you know, bring them along. So mm-hmm. building those uh, connections is huge, just to mm-hmm. keep yourself accountable to your goals. Yeah, yeah I like that a lot. Um, so now I want to jump back to this guy done with Senior Bowl, and. So did you get invited to the to the combine at the Senior Bowl before or after? Uh, before. Before. And so, where was your head at for the Senior Bowl and that getting ready for the combine? And were you still in school during this whole time too? No, I had graduated uh, a semester mm-hmm. early, so I was able to. I moved out to Tennessee, uh, trained for a full month before the Senior Bowl. And then mm-hmm. trained for a whole nother month in, in Tennessee um, before the combine. Mm-hmm. And so, what what were you doing like every day? I know you're working on the strength and stuff, but where what was your main focus for while you're working out? Um, it was you know really just to be the best uh, prospect you can be. Um, it's different than being a you know training for a, in, in the off season for you know a football team. You have to. Mm-hmm really take care of the mental aspect of things. You have to change your mindset from college into the pros. You have to um, really become, you know, get good at interview questions. You have to run a 40 really fast. You have to do a lot of things that you'll never have to do again in your life. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the daily routine was definitely shaken up, but um, at the same time, you kind of have to keep those, those same five, you know, pillars of, you know, what your, your focus is and the drive is for Mm -hmm. the long-term vision uh, in order to, you know, accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. So how did you do that training for your mindset and uh, just for the answering interview questions? What type of stuff did you do with that? Um, I think it was it, reaching out to people that had been there before. Um, mm-hmm. So I was able to talk to people that had done interviews um, on the team side of things. And then I also hit up, um, hit up people that, um, had gone through the um, gone through the interview process as um, prospects. Mm-hmm. So yeah. being able to do both and see kind of both sides of it was was mm-hmm. beneficial to um, really get coached up and understand. All right, mm-hmm. this is who I am. This is how I need to portray myself, um, and, and that's that's really it. Yeah. And were you training by yourself then, or were you with a couple other prospects as well? What was that? I said, were you training by yourself then, or were you with some other prospects as well? Hold on, sorry. One Uh, second. Um, Yeah, so what was the question again? (laughs) You're good. Uh, I said... Were you training by yourself then, or were you with some other prospects as well? Um, other, yeah, it was all all thirty two teams. So um, it it was uh, it's the long it's a long long process of <laughs> interviewing with all these different teams, and it's super mm-hmm. stressful. I mean, the combine is you, you're on no sleep for four days straight, interviewing with all these teams, taking different types of tests that are kind of meant to just mentally see mm-hmm. where you're at as a human, as a human being, mm-hmm. as a person, uh, tr- tricky stuff, you know, taking the wonderlick, um, all, all these different things that, um, 
lead up to kind of mentally drain you. And then the last day is, all right, go perform like your life depends on it at the combine. Run as fast as you've ever run before. Jump as high as you ever jumped before. So um, it's definitely an interesting experience, but it's something that um, you can prepare for um, if you have the right pieces around you. And then, you know, all 32 teams are watching. So um, yeah. being able to talk to all those people and gain all of those connections really helps moving forward. So after the combine is done, how, how much time is that in between then and the draft? It's about a month. About a month? So yeah. then bring me, bring me to draft day. What, what, what were you doing that day? Um, what was going through your head and then uh, the result that went, went on with it? And how'd you move forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, draft day was probably, you know, one of the worst days of my life <laughs> um, mm -hmm. after um, being, after, you know, okay, I set all these goals up, write everything down, doing all the right mm -hmm. things, get this all, all this positive momentum going. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone tells me, okay, you're going to get drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, you're the best fullback coming out of the draft. You're hearing all these great things the whole way through. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to have other, two other fullbacks go before you and, and go undrafted. When mm -hmm. you, I, I had invited all these people over to kind of celebrate and it, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's a really tough pill to swallow because it's like, okay, yeah. what, what was this past whole six, seven month journey? What was mm -hmm. it all for? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was tough, but getting on the phone with uh, Coach Gruden after the draft and, you know, deciding to, to come here was, was definitely something that was, I'll never forget. Um, is that's all I really needed was that opportunity to mm -hmm. to try and make it to the NFL and you know you can't you can't get too greedy with uh how much your signing bonus is or, or <laughs> what 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 that all entails because at the at the end of the day my foot was in the door and I had an mm -hmm. opportunity so um you know that I and I'm really thankful that that happened as well because you know now I'll never take a, a day at work for granted um mm -hmm. you know being undrafted and going through that whole process and um really falling short made, made me realize, okay, I, I can either double down here and get, get twice as hungry and chase this thing twice as hard, or, you know, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, be, being able to understand that um, w was huge. And I think that's a main reason of why, you know, I'm still here in Oakland. Mm -hmm. So were, was Oakland the only team that had reached out to you or was, and what, did, what made you go with Oakland if you were? Uh, there, there's a handful of other teams um, that had reached out and offered undrafted free agent opportunities, but I knew that um, this is a place where um, the fullback was uh, going to be used for a long time. So mm -hmm. I wanted to go to a place where I wanted to be a part of something that's, you know, we're, we're kind of on the up and up. A lot mm -hmm. of uh, there's a lot of positive momentum around this place. A lot of young guys that um, mm -hmm. want to play a lot of football. So. Um, I felt like, you know, I could really buy into this, um, this culture here, um, and really just be a part of, be a part of something special for mm -hmm. sure. And so with that hungry, hungriness that you were talking about, is that something that you felt Oakland had? Like that John Gruden, I mean, when I see him, it seems like he's all in and was the whole team bought in and how, how has your time been there so far with that? Yeah, it's been, it's pretty pretty eye-opening I mean seeing the amount of passion for football around here is huge uh everyone mm -hmm. shows up it's, it's easy to show up for work you know at whatever time of the day um mm -hmm. people people want to get better here um mm -hmm. and that's that's a huge thing um everyone that you talk to wants to get better there's a lot of young guys that are hungry and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about it's not really about the money or anything here. It's about not no no glitz and glamour. It's all about mm-hmm. playing football, and that that's yeah. just so it's it's something that I'm really thankful to be a part of because there's you know veterans here that have kind of shown the ropes to young guys on how mm-hmm. what it takes to get better and be a pro. Yeah. Has there been one guy in particular or a few that you've kind of reached out to and that are the veteran guys on the team that you've been able to learn from and hang around to find the or learn the ropes? I mean, I think, you know, the entire running back room, there's a couple guys, um, DeAndre Washington and um, Spook and um, Jalen Richard, uh, Doug Martin, offense, you got, you know, Richie Incognito, you got Rodney Hudson, you got Derek Carr. There's so many guys on every, you know, every facet of the offense. You got Fontes Perfect on defense, um, LaMarcus Joyner. They all kind of have played a lot of football and they understand, you know, um, how, how this whole system works and they're, they're willing to spend some time to help you get better. And, and that's just kind of, uh, it's, it's really cool to see because I, I don't really know how it works in other places, but Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely tell that I'm getting better, you know, every day I'm here. So, um, some, something's right around here. Uh-huh. And what's the biggest thing you've learned from someone on the team or that you've learned just being part of the, the organization? Um, just, you know, taking care of your body, um, you know, being, being your own, you know, your own business is your body. So, um, mm-hmm. being able to do that and, um, how to take coaching, how to watch film, how to you know study defenses pretty much every everything that I'm doing here I've learned from somebody else so <laughs> being able to um just lean on different guys for different aspects of my life is, is huge mm-hmm. and so I'm actually going to jump back to that undraft after you got undrafted and so was when you was open did they reach out to you right away after the draft so I, I'd been getting calls uh, from teams throughout mm-hmm. the draft. So that was that was also something interesting to to go through. Was okay, I'm, <laughs> this call I might get picked right here, and then mm-hmm. there there's somebody offering you an undrafted free agent gig. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, it was interesting, but it was definitely throughout the whole day I was getting calls um, mm-hmm. to kind of figure out you know what that situation was. So yeah, I think Coach Gruden called me late in the sixth round, something like that. And, um, and then, you know, called me back at, after the draft um, to kind of finalize things. Yeah. So you were saying, like, that was probably the lowest day of your life. And were you – where was your head at through that whole thing? Like, when, when the draft's done and you didn't get picked, where was your, where was your mind going right away? Um, it, it was tough because you have to put on a, a smiling face for all these people here that are there to support you. Uh-huh. Um, you have to be thankful that um, you, you have so many great people that are support. <laughs> they're they're there and they want to you know see some something great happen. So mm-hmm. um, it it was tough um, being able to really take that day. You know, it was it wasn't about me anymore. It was about the people that had got me to that point. Um, mm-hmm. All the high school coaches that I've been around, uh, all the mm-hmm. all the fans, all the friends, the family friends, you know, family. Um, all those people there, it, it was about them then. So I, I had to, you know, kind of transfer the, the weight of not getting drafted into, you know, something to celebrate. And mm-hmm. um, trying to do that was, was definitely hard because uh, inside it was, it was, that was hurting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I knew that, you know, through my early trials and tribulations of college, I've learned you know, how to not let my situation dictate my emotions. And I had learned, you know, all these powerful lessons that, um, I had, I was able to <laughs> thankfully use that day. Uh, and then moving forward just to, to use everything as motivation and uh, hopefully prove myself right again. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Were you, I was going to say, were you kind of thinking maybe this isn't the right path or what? So right away you were already on the, okay, what's my next step to make the NFL happen? Yeah, I mean, then it, then it goes straight to work. I mean, you, you have to know that I had, to, I had to buckle down and all the work I had done before wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. um, it was really a gut check, like, okay, you know, I can't do what I've been doing. I, I got to get out of my comfort zone and work harder. Mm-hmm. So um, really understanding that that's what I was going to get myself into and that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was willing to, you know, ramp it up even more. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's why I'm so thankful, um, you know, to really not go drafted because if I, if I do get drafted, I don't know what happens. I don't know if my mentality changes. I don't know if I'm as willing to learn from the people around me. So. Um, you know, I, I, I would hope that, you know, that's the case, but um, yeah. I'm definitely thankful for how everything turned out. Mm-hmm. And so what's maybe a message that you, you'd like to give out to other guys that aren't, aren't drafted right away? Like what, uh, what's maybe just one thing you could say to them? So, or just I think maybe the, a guy that, sorry, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think I think the uh, the one thing I would want to say to any any athlete going through anything is that um, you you can't let your situation you, you can't let your performance or someone else's decision affect your emotions mm-hmm. or, or your feelings about who you are as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be true to yourself, and you have to be uh, you have to be yourself first. You have to be your biggest critic and all that, but um, you know you can't let all those other uh, outside situations dictate your internal emotions. Uh, if, if you can't be yourself and you can't be a good person, um, you know, that's, that's step number one to accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. And so, Alec, what do you want your legacy to be at the end of the day? Um, I think I just want to definitely reach out to, to others and, you know, show them that, you know, working hard and doing things the right way can, can go a long ways and um, hopefully, you know, I can, I can play football for a long time and um, bring my knowledge and, and profession back to the community that raised me, um, give back to the community as much as possible and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, build some confidence in, in uh, the Wisconsin area, um, lead the path for, you know, other kids to really chase their dreams, whatever it may be, um, and really just trust themselves and, um, you know, you know uh, go accomplish it. Yeah. And so I got three, three last questions that I want to ask you um, just to wrap things up. And so the first one I want to ask you is, uh, what, who's the best teammate that you've played with and why are they such a great teammate for us? The best team I ever played with. Um, <laughs> that's a tough question. Um, I, I would say uh, one of the best teammates I ever played with was definitely uh, – TJ Edwards, um, linebacker from Wisconsin. He's a, he's a guy that, you know, came in uh, a year earlier than me, but definitely was someone who was willing to help any way he could. Um, and he definitely taught me how to be 
um, how to be a leader by example. And, um, you know, he's pretty soft-spoken, but was able to, you know, do all of the right things to really, you know, make an impact and um, mm -hmm. show people, uh, show, show younger guys the ropes for sure. Mm -hmm. And so my next question is kind of around the same thing, but is he also then the best leader? Who's the best leader that you've either just been associated with that doesn't have to be a teammate, it can be a coach, just a person in your life, and why are they such a great leader in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, being around this, the professional aspect of things, I think Derek Carr is the best leader I've ever been around just mm -hmm. because he, he believes so greatly in um, the people around him. Uh, mm -hmm. And he has so much love for, he has so much genuine love for what he does and wh what, you know, we do as a team. It's, it's really cool to see um, how he's 100% bought in all the time. Um, mm -hmm. It's something, you know, I've never seen in my life before. And uh, it's something that I can definitely tell is what's gotten him to, um, accomplish all the great things he's accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so my last question then is, you've been on a lot of different teams and seen a lot of different cultures. Um, what's the best culture that you've been a part of and what makes a great culture in your eyes? And how important is, is culture? Uh, culture is huge. Um, but I think there's nothing like, um, you know, a, a high school, a high school football team. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the kids that you grew up with, um, the friend, the deepest friendships you've bonded. Um, those people are the ones that, you know, you're, you're going to have forever to come back and talk to. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that it definitely gets taken for granted sometimes, but, um, you know, the guys that you grow up with and, and learn how to play football and you're learning pretty much how to live life. Um, mm -hmm. those people are the ones that you definitely bond with the most. And, um, you definitely hope that kids kids appreciate Friday nights for sure because you can never get those back. Mm -hmm. And so then, uh, what what actually makes a great culture in your eyes, though? Like what what pieces have to go in to get the most out of a team, a teammate, or a whole team in general? It, it's definitely a, a genuine, you know, caring for one another. You you got to mm -hmm. care about um, the person next to you. Uh, you have to be able to be accountable to them and um, really give your all to, to hope that, you know, they're also succeeding. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's not about the individual. It's definitely about the team. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Alec, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck with everything that comes. And I'm excited to see you come in Green Bay. And uh, I mean, I hope you don't do that well against us, but also <laughs> <I think so. laughs> sounds like a plan. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Alec. If you got any uh, shout-outs, I'd do them now. <laughs> uh, shout, yeah, no, I think just the Green Bay community, it's been, it's been a pleasure being able to represent uh, the 920, and, you know, can't wait to get back and, you know, do some great things there. All right. Well, thank you so much, man.